0: Good morning ladies. Happy Friday and welcome to the Fullest Life podcast. I am your host Vita Tucker. Um welcome and I am glad to um be before you all again. Just really thankful and humbled by the opportunity. Um thank you for all of those people who reached out to me last week. Last week was like a really um this past week really um major for me because I received so many messages and text messages and phone calls from people who just really um, encouraged me and let me know how, what a blessing this podcast has been to them. And um, I am thankful, you know, I just try to be obedient and do whatever God tells me to do. And and I said, okay, I'm just going to do it. Didn't know that um, who would be listening and everything, but I am so glad um, that it is touching lives and all of that, because otherwise it would just be um, a waste of time if it wasn't making change in somebody's life. So, um, And anything that I say, I'm only saying because I've lived through it and I believe, I'm a firm believer that we go through something in order to help someone else. And so with that, I'm going to just kind of jump and move right on into this week, because um, what I discovered... um, not this week, but I've, in life, I realized that um, everything is kind of connected, like interconnected. Like if you've ever played the game of Jenga, you guys know Jenga and you tip the stack and it's these blocks and they're stacked on top of each other and everything. And so someone comes along and they pull out one block and you try to pull it out slowly and sh- easily so that the whole tower doesn't come falling down. And then the next person comes and they pull out a block and, you know, they try to pull it down so that the tower doesn't fall. But eventually someone pulls out the block, the wrong block, and the tower falls. And I truly believe that is how it is for us as women, um, especially those of us in the body of Christ. We need each other. We need each other and we don't need anybody missing. We don't need any pieces missing or anything because it affects the whole. And so sometimes in our lives, we have things that are keeping us from being whole, that has us missing where we're supposed to be, our spot. And what we think is, who cares? It's just me. It's just me going through my situation. I'm not affecting anyone else, but we are. Because we're all interconnected. You know, it talks about in the word of God, like about the body and how we're the body and everybody has a piece, a part to play in the body. And if one part is out of place, then it affects the rest. And that's just how it is with our human bodies. Like if we, if something's not working, right, if you cut off your pinky toe, even though it's just a small piece of your body, you will feel it you will feel it all the way to the top of your head because you're going to have to relearn. You're going to have to go through rehab and learn how to rewalk and move right to keep your balance. So it's affecting everything. How you balance will be affected. Pain that comes with the removal of it or if it, however it happens, it affects us in every way. And that's how we are when one of us is off and one of us is missing. So Um, The question was posed today um, to me, and it was posed to a group of people, and it said, if you could talk about anything for 30 minutes to people, what would it be about? And I knew immediately what my answer was, and it's the same answer, and it's why I'm on this podcast. It's the same calling God gave me years and years ago. It's that I would speak to women to know your value. Know how important you are to the people around you, to the body of Christ, to your neighbors, just your place in this world. And you mean so much to the whole plan of God to come forth for the lives of the people around you. And sometimes we think, no, I don't. I'm just this, nobody notices me. Nobody knows that I'm here. Nobody would miss me if I'm gone, but they would. So. This is my most candid Vita moment (laughs) that I'm going to share with you guys to illustrate how important you are. So, um, growing up when I was much younger, like um, I want to say, you know, teenage and before, like, you know, nine, all that probably started really, if I want to say, probably around the age 10 or so, I started. Feeling like I was worthless. I did not like Vita at all, y'all. I wasn't happy with how I looked. I wouldn't. I didn't like anything about me. I compared myself to everything and everybody. I'm five nine and a fourth. I've been this tall since <laughs> it seems like forever. So in my, um, I think it's the fifth grade um, yearbook picture. They're all of my fifth grade class and they're all these kids, like they're like regular little height fifth graders. And then there's the teachers and there's me standing beside the teachers because I was so much taller than everyone else. And I was tall and I was really skinny. I was skinny before skinny was cool. Okay, so people used to always say, you're so skinny, you're so thin. Oh, my God, you're so skinny, you know, and it it was not okay because I didn't already didn't like myself. And so for someone to continue to repeat that every time, you know, people just continue to say it didn't do anything, but add on to the dislike I had for myself. So um, moving forward, as I grew up, went through middle school, I had glasses, y'all. I'm going to let you know right now, I am <laughs> blind as a bat, y'all, but I wear contact lenses now and I have since the sixth grade. In sixth grade, I asked for my birthday gift, I asked for contact lenses. And since the sixth grade until now at age 53, I wear contact lenses. If you see me in my glasses, it is because there is an apocalypse going on and I happen to drop my contact lenses somewhere and I cannot (laughs) get a hold of another pair. Otherwise, you will never see me in my glasses just because they are that thick. One of my friends called me Lil' Daryl one day. I don't know if y'all know who Lil' Daryl is, but it's a little joke about this little guy with these glasses. But anyway, and I can laugh about it now because I really like me. I'm okay. Um, but that's how thick my glasses were. So I'm tall with my teachers. I'm towering over everybody. I'm real thin and lanky, can't find clothes. If, they fit, if the clothes fit my body because I was so small, then they would be extremely short. Okay, But if they fit my height, then I was going to be wearing some really big pants because my body was small. Had on these super thick glasses. It was just, it was rough. It was rough. And so as I grew older, I just could not shake comparing myself to other people. And I did not like myself. I didn't like myself so much, even in junior high, which some people who are listening went to junior high school with me. y'all probably didn't even know it that I was that I was super depressed and um, about who I was. I would literally lay in the bed at night and cry about who I was and my dad and I would hunch over. So I would walk around with my shoulders hunched over, trying to be short, like everybody else around me. And my dad would walk up behind me and stick his finger in my back and say, stand up straight. And I would stand up straight. I would stand up straight when he was there. But as soon as he walked away, I went to humping over again because I didn't like myself and I was trying to fit in. Um, this went on for years. Um, I would compare myself to my sisters. So I grew up in a household is three girls. I'm the middle. Okay. And my older sister, Val, to this day, Val has the gift of hospitality. Val is people love Val. If you ever meet her, you love her immediately. She is hilarious. She's funny. She's warm. She she welcomes you um, in. She makes people feel good and people like to be around her. So she's always been that way. And we moved um, from Durham, North Carolina to um, Florissant, right outside St. Louis, to St. Louis County, when I think what grade I was in. I think I was in the, yeah, it was that fifth grade year when I took that picture um, in the fifth grade. And so we knew anything and we didn't know anyone. In the area. So we're brand new, you're brand new school, brand new people, and all of this stuff. And, um, but Val made friends quickly. They loved her Southern ways and her look, you know, because she had that, you know, Southern sound to her and everything. But she just had people always draw to her and they took to her. She was fashion, she was, you know, fashionable and all of that. And she, people just always have taken to her. And then there was my younger sister, Vanetta. Now, Vanetta was always really smart. She made really excellent grades in school growing up. She wasn't like Val and she wasn't really outgoing. She was actually kind of, you know, sh- more of a shy person in, um, in the family. But she made really good grades. And, you know, for grownups around you, if you make good grades, they're like, oh, that is so awesome. She's great. And then there was me. I did not make good grades. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I just barely made it through the class. Um, I was friendly, but because I didn't love myself, it didn't always come off as friendly. You know, I had um, a little chip on my shoulder, a little insecure. I would laugh and smile with people, but I was so insecure. I always was trying to be what I needed to be to make other people like me. And so we grew up in a neighborhood. At that time, um, there were a few black families, but Our high school and around us was predominantly white, which meant nothing to us at the time because we were just all cool people who were cool with each other. We didn't have, um, we didn't realize the race problem until much later on in life. But um, I was never quite enough for any group. So when I was around black people, I wasn't black enough. And they're like, oh, you sound white. Then I go around white people and you can't help, like, oh, but you're black, you know, they didn't say it, but you could tell because they kind of like, ah, moms and dads wasn't as comfortable around me as their children were, you know, so you always had that dynamic going. And so with all of that, I had the, a horrible self-esteem and a horrible self-image of myself. So um, fast forward through a lot of pain and a lot of heartache a lot of crying, a lot of comparing myself. Like um, a lot of my girlfriends growing up in high school, they were like curvaceous. You know, they had little curves, um, little black girl bodies and everything. And here I am again, tall and lanky, right? So I'm comparing myself and it's killing me because I can't not be them. I will never be them because that's not the way God made me. Um, But that never stopped me from trying to be something that I wasn't. Always trying to please people and put on this happy face and smile, wearing this whole like fake thing at all times. Well, 16, I'm 16 years old. And so at the age of 16, you all, I decided that I was going to take my life. I was going to commit suicide at age 16. I just was frustrated with everything that life had to offer I was not happy with, and I just felt like I had no purpose in life. I was like, what am I good for? So um, that's what I decided I was I was going to do. And um, I can remember that there was a couple, and they are still family friends of ours. Um, and the wife, she gave me a book for my 16th birthday. And the book was a, a teenage girl's guide, Christian teenage girl's guide to loving yourself. Now, she had no idea when she gave me that book that my mind was to on committing suicide. Had a plan, y'all. Had a plan. I was really going to do all of it. And I got this book from her, and I began to read it. And the book was kind of like a workbook. It wasn't like a hardback book. It was paperback Um Kind of, you know, thin book where like a workbook. So it, you read the chapter and then after you read the chapter, it had some questions you had to answer and things of that sort. So I would read the chapter and I remember reading the first chapter and feeling like, wow, something, something's going on here. You know, I don't know what it is, but something's going on. So I just kept reading in the midst of me in my mind now saying I'm going to take my life, but I'm reading this book and the word of God in that book would leap into my heart. And I kept reading and I kept writing and I kept reading and I kept answering the questions. I did the exercises that it told me to do in the book. One of the exercises, and it's one that I use to this day, and I share with every young girl, every grown woman, every older woman that I meet who I know is dealing with low self-esteem, because I dealt with it, I can see it a mile away. But it said, stand in the mirror, and pick out something that you like about yourself. First of all, I couldn't even stand in the mirror and look at myself. I remember I could, every time I would look up in the mirror, I would look away quickly because I didn't like anything that I saw. So getting myself, first of all, to the place that I could just look at myself in the mirror took a minute, took a while. When I say a minute, I'm not talking about literal minute. I mean, you know, it took some time. So once I was able to get to the point that I could look in the mirror, and like what I saw, I had to start saying, saying something positive to myself, which was very hard to do because I didn't see anything worth liking, nothing. But I kept reading the book. I kept answering the questions. I kept doing the exercise. Now, when I say I'm reading this book, it's not just because it's a book. It's because it's the word of God coming in and changing my heart because it was based off of the word of God. So when I read that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, at first I was like, that's that's not me, that he meant that for everybody but Vita. But I kept reading it and it kept reiterating that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then it got into my spirit, which is what the word of God does. And I began to receive it. And then I began to look into the mirror and I'm like, okay, I can see something. And I can see something. Over time, I began to like who I was. It wasn't an overnight process. It took some time and it took some work. But I didn't take my life because I'm here talking to you today. What I know is, had I taken my life at that time, there would never be an Alec. There would be my mother who would be without a daughter. My sisters would have missed growing up together. And the relationship that we have now, because we have a good one now, you know, um, I have nieces who I cherish and I love our relationship. And we are like um, they're like sister friends to me. My nieces are like that. And we share in everything. And I know that I wouldn't have never been there for that. I would have never been there. You wouldn't hear my voice now. There are schools and churches and organizations that I've sp- spoken at over the course of the last 10, 15 years that people have come up to me after I finish and say, thank you, thank you. That, those, those are people who would have never been touched. They would have missed something. It would have been playing the game of Jenga, and I would have pulled out the wrong piece and the tower would have fallen. All I am saying to you guys is, you are valuable. You mean the world to the Lord and to me. I don't even know you personally, but I can tell you that you mean the world to somebody around you and to somebody you have yet to meet. We all have purpose. We all have purpose. We all, God has a plan for our lives. And no, I never started looking like those girls in um, high school. I never started looking like anybody that I thought I wanted to look like. I never started, um, I am not Val. Now I'm friendlier and people like me, but I'm still not Val. Val, I don't have her her gift because her gift is her gift. I am not Vanetta. Vanetta's gift is her gift. Even though I did do much better when I got to college, I was I, my grades came up. I graduated that class as a single mother with a 4.0 GPA. That would have never happened. That would have never happened had I not believed what God said about me because I would have taken my life at 16. There are women who are listening to me right now. You are 40s. You are 50, you are 20 something, you are 60 something, and you still don't like yourself. I am saying to you, you are valuable to the Lord, and you are an important part of the game of and of this game of life. And we don't want our tower to fall. I need you to know that you are valuable. I need you to know that God loves you. I need to know that you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. If today were my last day on earth, I would say to you, you make a difference. And I want you to know that you make a difference in somebody's life. Somebody would miss you. You may not mean the world to everybody around you, but to some person, you are the world. So don't give up on yourself. Don't look down on yourself. Stop comparing yourself. Don't be the best you you can be. So one of the scriptures that um, has become a part of my life that I say pretty much every day, all several times a day, and um, it keeps me where I need to be. And it's um, Psalms 86 and 11. And it says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I will walk in your truth and unite my heart to fear your name. And I will praise thee, O Lord, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. And that scripture means so much to me, you all, because that was God's word that taught me how to love myself. It was God's word that taught me how to value myself. And it was God's word that taught me that I have a purpose, I have a plan, and it is in him. And if I stay in him and his ways, it, can't, it, it will work out um, for good, and it will glorify his name. Not my name, but his name. He'll get all the credit. He will always get all the credit from me for my life. Um, and so I admonish you all, find a scripture that speaks to you and live on it. Live on it. Repeat it to yourself as many times as you have to until it becomes life unto you. We are such treasures, each and every one of us, that um, we just don't get it. We just don't get it. And I'm not, you know, and I'm not going to bash anyone because I didn't get it. I just couldn't see it, how I would be of value to the Lord. But now I know you know, and now I can see. And um, it, it's, it is it's awesome. It is an awesome feeling, y'all. It is an awesome feeling to be able to wake up and to know I'm okay with me. And that doesn't mean everything around me is okay. It just means I'm okay with me. Um, I'm not the skinniest person anymore. You know, life happens and those pounds started coming on, you know, but it's okay because I'm still happy with me. I can exercise and say I'm going to drop a couple. i drop a couple and then I pick a couple up. (laughs) And then, you know, but I'm still happy with who I am because my joy of who I am is not in my outer, what I look like on the outside. It's not in uh, my shape. It's not in my clothes. It's not in my wallet. It's not in where I live. And all of those things are fine, but it's in the fact that God valued and loved me so much that he sent his son Jesus to die and to pay the price and the penalty for Vita's sins. Now put your name there. Put your name there. That's how valuable you are. Jesus came to the earth to die and to pay the price and the penalty for your sins so that you wouldn't have to. That's how important you are. We always look at it from the broader perspective and we say the world, but it, it is the world. He came to save, we seeking to save that which is lost. That's that's everybody that's lost. But narrow that thing down and make it personal. Because when you make it personal, how can you argue with God and say you're, you're not valuable and you're not enough when he already said you are? He said, I died for you. <laughs> I rose for you. I am sitting on the right hand of the father waiting for you. And you say you're not valuable. Well, I don't know about you. I'm not going to argue with God. He said I'm valuable. I'm going with it. So I want to share with you all. um, It's a little something I write um, a lot. And uh, like I told you, I have several journals, but then I have some that are just like poems or thoughts or stuff that come to me. And so this is one I wrote, and this was um, at, (laughs) most of them happen in the middle of the night, like when most people sleep, but this is like 156 in the morning. And it says, my time on earth is short. I want to make it count. My influence on earth is great. I want to make it count. My connections here on earth are numerous. I want to make them count. If my life is anything at all for Christ, I want to make it count. In every way, in every day, in everything I do or say, I want to make it count. And the scripture that references that for me is Psalms 90 and 12. And it says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. If you realize that life is short, it is so short. You would value every day that you have to live. We don't have time to be down on ourselves, y'all. This thing is passing by. There are people who are looking to we got to touch and we got to, you know, tell them of the truth and they need a hug and they need some love and they need some encouragement and that's what we're here to do. There's so much to be done. And we can't do it if we don't believe that we are great as God says we are. So I leave you all with this thought on this 4th of July weekend. I don't care if you're black, white, Hispanic, if you're Asian, you're Middle Eastern, you're from... Guam, or if you're from the Caribbean, if you're from Iceland, if you're from South Africa, if you're from Africa, if you're from Bermuda, I don't care, Timbuktu, it doesn't, Kalamazoo, which is really a place, um, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. You all have something to celebrate. No, we were not free on the 4th of July, but I thank God I'm free now. And it had nothing to do with the United States. It had nothing to do with um, Abraham Lincoln and the Emancipation Proclamation. None of that had anything to do with my freedom. My freedom was bought over 2,000 years ago through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I hope yours was too. So let's celebrate life and life more abundantly. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I say it all the time, call me. It's a short process. Don't take even two to three minutes. It's just that simple. Um, thank you all for listening. Um Whew, that took some stuff out of me, y'all, you know. Um and every time I, I tell you, every time I talk about it, because there's so much more to it. Y'all got the Cliff Notes version. It's some stuff in there that y'all didn't get, but you got the gist of it. Um But please, um Maybe I'll put something out um, on the on my Facebook place, the Fullest Life Facebook play page. If you haven't liked it, please go there, Fullest Life, and like the Facebook page. And I'll put something out in reference to what we talked about today. I, think I try to do something every week in reference to what we just talked about. Um, also, I have my Instagram page, and that's um, the Fullest Life VT. And then you can always reach me by message. Um, through the apps. You can call me if you want to, um, 336-549-9869. Um, however you want to reach out, I welcome it. Um, I am here willing and um, to talk, willing to share, give you the details if that's what you need to know to help you realize that your details are no different than my details. At the end of the day, We are great and we just don't realize it. So I wish you all a happy 4th of July again. Go out, be good to yourselves, put on your mask, care enough about somebody else to wear a mask and be safe. Love you guys. Bye.